whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? Dude, it's our new intro music. Sweet. Rock on. Carry on. Welcome to Two Guys, Three Crowns, the podcast that talks about what it's really like to live in Stockholm, Sweden. I'm Sean, and with my fellow American Rodney, we break down the good, the bad, and the just plain weird. It's quite the journey, so join us for the ride. Another chapter in the Coronavirus Chronicles has Ooh, brought check. us another expat in this lovely Swedish, maybe it's spring, maybe it's winter country. We have Florence Wetzel, author extraordinaire. Welcome to the program. Yay, Florence. Yay. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Yes. And it's so fu- it's funny, Sean, that you that you said our chapter. It's like the next chapter or we're opening uh, like chapter. I know. It's like, yeah. I don't know if we're at the end or we're like getting into a new book at this point. Like, Ooh, book. I like that. We're, we're like in this that. kind of like weird phase right now. Everyone's like, mm, it's warm outside. Uh, what <laughs> virus? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, we have to go drink rosé in the sun. I'll see you later. Florence, welcome. We are thrilled that you could join us today. <laughs> yes. And uh, join us here on, on Two Guys, Three, Three Crowns. And tell us, you got to tell us a, a little bit. I mean, here you are, you're in Stockholm, mm-hmm. but you got to tell us, because you have this really interesting, probably the most interesting relationship with Sweden that, that, that I've heard like today, but, but tell us about that. <laughs> it's possibly like the most nerdy um, relationship. Okay. So, you know, I'm an English, I grew up English major, love books, love to write, love to read different things. So, um, as you know, Stieg Larsson's book, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, came out mm-hmm. in English in, was it like 2008 or something? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a trilogy. So I read the first two books and I like them. But then when the third book came out, I thought, let me reread. So that's 2010. So when right. the third book came out, I thought, well, let me reread the first two. And it's so weird. It's like something happened. It's like falling in love. I just, I just became like... <laughs> entranced by the books. I don't know what it was. I mean, I look back, I was living in Denver, Colorado, very nice city, but I was like, I think my life was kind of stagnant. I was working a lot. I was Mm. working as a freelance proofreader and um, just working a lot of hours. And when I look back, I think that Sweden and Scandinavia just seemed like as exotic and far away as like the moon. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It was like, I was in Denver, you know? It's like cowboy town, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. um, I don't know. And so then the three books were over and, you know, like everybody else who read them afterwards, I was like, oh, my God, I want more. But, you know, there's no more. So I thought, well, there's got to be other Scandinavian mystery novels. So I actually went to the Denver Public Library. I went to the mystery section and I actually read the spines and looked for last names and first names with umlauts. Uh Those funny (laughs) symbols. (laughs) <laughs> right. And I have to say, I found a lot of great people that way. And one of them was Joe Nesbo, the famous uh, Norwegian. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's great. So he had uh. his hold. So I started reading that and I just went bananas. And another thing that was happening at that time was it co- it was coincided with what I think is sort of the golden age of um, 
Scandinavian crime television. There's the series The Killing. It's called like um, yeah. Brought It, I think, in Swedish. There's yeah. a there's an English version, but the Danish version was so good. And then also Brun, The Bridge. Yeah, that's right. And all oh, of the yeah. Rolander films. So I was just working really hard all day. And then it was like in the evenings, what I did was I read Scandinavian mystery novels. And then I started watching these films and actually seeing huh. them. And if you believe the films, like, it's never sunny, it's always dark, it's always mysterious. And I have to wonder, like, Denver's really sunny. Denver has, like, 300 days a year of sunshine. And, like, I actually don't like sunshine. I actually don't tolerate okay. it. Like, well, you come sunburn. to the perfect place, let me tell you. I know, right? So I think I was kind of like, I found my people. So anyway. Right. You know, honestly, I never thought about that yeah. before. But that's actually what attracted me. It's so, like, dark and murky and mysterious. Um, and also, the I should mention also the Millennium Trilogy movies. I mean, I saw right. them many times. Um, so then, um, you know, I was working full time, but I wrote in the morning. So I was working on a book about okay. a novel about Denver. And so I was almost finished with it. So this brings us to like 2012. Okay. And I thought, so I think, what am I going to write next? And then, you know, the crazy voice that pops up in your head. So it popped up to my head. It said, <laughs> you should write a Swedish mystery novel. And the other voice right. was like, what are you talking about? You've never <laughs> even been to Sweden. What are you, you know? <laughs> but I have to say, like, the idea, I just could not shake the idea. I just was like, yes, this is like the next logical step. So I decided, okay, so I need some Swedish mysteries. So the first one was kind of handed to me because of Stieg Larsson's missing fourth book. So here's where we get yeah. nerdy. I'll try not to... Go to, to nerd out. To a, to nerd out. <laughs> but basically, Stieg Larsson wrote the trilogy, and he intended right. to write 10 books. So oh, wow. he was writing the fourth book, and, and he died. I think people know Stieg Larsson died at age 50 mm -hmm. of like a heart attack. And so at first, and he had sold the trilogy already, so that was in the process of getting printed. So at yeah. that time, nobody was thinking about the fourth book. But then like a couple years and... I mean, his books have sold like 60 million copies of all over the world. Yeah. And all of a sudden people are like, yeah, where is that fourth book, by the way? And right. the thing about Stieg Larsson is he's a fascinating person. He, you know, I think as a lot of people know, he um, was a journalist. He was really like a human rights activist against, mm. you know, um, nationalist groups and things. Right. But he was also rather secretive. Um and he told different people different things about the book. Like he told someone, um, he told, he wrote to his brother like a month before he died. He's like, yeah, I'm almost done. But he told someone else, I only have 150 pages. So, so then, you know, he died. And then when people started looking for the fourth book, it was apparently on a laptop, but the laptop disappeared. So anyway, Ooh. this book, and people saw like a copy of it and that's missing too. So I thought, okay, I have my first Scandinavian mystery. I feel like this is a case for Nicolas Cage in the constitution. Right. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's it. And so where it gets really nerdy is um, a lot of books actually came out about Stieg Larsson. So I read all, this is, I'm doing this in Denver, preparing for right. my first trip to Sweden. So I'm reading all these books about Stieg Larsson. I'm taking notes about his missing book. But it actually didn't seem to be enough for a book. So I thought, it was so funny that that voice came up again. It's like, did the prime minister of Sweden get shot? Did they ever solve that? So I looked on Wikipedia. Yeah, and when I saw story. about right. Olaf Palme's assassination, Olaf Palme, right. 
1986 it wasn't solved i was like that's it i'm solving that too you know let's get (laughs) you're like pile it on yeah let's get the two biggest swedish mysteries contemporary mysteries and like you know i need it you know need a detective i need someone to solve this so i well how long was that how long was that trip going to be i well that's the thing so i did a lot (laughs) (laughs) i'm still here now um yeah so i did a lot as much as i could yeah. You know, and then I then I went to Sweden in January for three weeks in January 2013. I went 13, in right. the deepest, darkest winter. And I also stayed um, in Gamlestan because I wanted that atmosphere. You know, Gamlestan, yeah. for anyone who hasn't been there, I mean, it's like this medieval little island with cobblestone streets. And there actually is like fog in the winter and it's very mm. mysterious. It's such a cool place. Um, so I actually stayed there. And the thing was... I didn't know if it was going to work out, but I started walking around and doing what I think of as living research. Um, right. Like I went on the Millennium Walk. There's actually a walk for tourists. It might be on hold now, but for all the sites in Stieg Larsson's books, and I went to the site of Olaf Palme's assassination. I took right. the walk that the Palme couple took the last night so many times. Super nerdy, right? I mean, that's it. But it just... <laughs> So that was my introduction. And I did write the book. And then last year I published it. And it's called The Grand Man, a Scandinavian Thriller. Um, And both of those mysteries do get solved by the end. So I have a feeling of satisfaction, even though it's completely made up. Right. Now, you are here and you're there. And you're here Mm -hmm. and you're there. Now tell me, and you got stuck a little bit because of this cold or cough or thing that that's been going around but yeah what is that now how, how yeah. people keep talking about it's that. allergies it's, it's exactly <laughs> take it's a little a claritin you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine little claritin and a cup of tea now we, but you you spend three months in the states and you're here for three months yeah you know so what happened yeah. was 2013 um my dad died and so oh. my mom was in new jersey she was 87 years old so I knew I wanted to go back to Sweden. So suddenly I was in, I had three places. I had Denver, New Jersey, and Sweden. I was like, this is too much. So I left Denver <laughs> wow. and I moved back to my hometown in New Jersey to um, help out my mom. She yeah. was doing pretty well then, but you know, um, and then I thought, okay, and then I'll go to Sweden. So for a number of years, I just went to Sweden. I went three times a year for six weeks a shot, continued to do research on the books when the research was finished. I wrote, I wrote the books at home, but all in New Jersey, but also in Sweden. But, you know, because my mom was elderly, I couldn't, I couldn't really like leave her for that long. And then as time right. went on, she started getting weaker and my trips got it a little shorter. Yeah. So my mom died May, 2017. So mm. that was sad. Um, yeah. But she was great and she was a world traveler and she always supported me and she was always you know, very enthusiastic about my Mm. trips to Sweden. And she read my books and she was great. Um, So then it took a little while just to get her estate together and everything. So that's when I started doing, you know, as an American, you can come to Sweden and stay for 90 days, three months, but then you have to be away for 90 days. Mm -hmm. So my goal, my dream is to live in Sweden, you know, so Mm. I would like not to be doing this. there's a couple ways to do that, but um, so I actually, so what happened this time was 
I mean, it was just like fate. I mean, my my plane, <laughs> really, my plane ticket was, I left on March 12th, so I arrived on March 13th. And the American president put in his travel ban two days before. And, and so then a lot of flights were canceled. But then I think it was on, I think it was five days later that the wow. European Union closed their borders. Right. Ooh. I know, right? So yeah. I'm here. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> I can't leave. There's no flights. Right. But nonetheless, and for any of your listeners that might be in this situation too, like even though this is, you know, there's no way to leave, you still have to do your paperwork with Migrahundswerk uh, at the immigration right. department. So I've, yeah. I've put in my application now because um, it is, they're calling it, you know the term force majeure? It means like yeah. act yeah. of God yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, that's yeah. what this is. So that's what I saw. I saw the movie. The Isn't movie's the... great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a right. Swedish movie, yeah. But yeah. So that's what's going on with me, and I think I'm different than probably a lot of tourists in here because I'm like, oh, great, I don't have to leave. But as I said, <laughs> yeah. I said <laughs> Florence is Florence is like the only one that she's like, I'm stuck. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, exactly. Yeah. But nonetheless, one must do their paperwork and be okay with the authorities, right. and I'm yeah. in the process of especially that, with so my gracious market. Oof. Yeah. Dot yeah. your eyes and cross those T's. Oof. Exactly. Yeah. You got to be on point. So, <laughs> now, you know, the, the other thing Florence, how long is, were you, how long were you doing that? Three, 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 three. And uh, did it get to the point where, like, the people at Orlando, they were like, hey, Florence, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good trip, Florence. See you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. We'll have another mystery for you, for you to solve. <laughs> <laughs> I guess since my mom, I guess since September okay. 2017. Yeah, so I've been uh, doing it for a while. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So, I, you know, I realized something else I should add is that I actually started studying Swedish. Like, that's how much, like, I fell in love with the country, and I started doing that right. January 2014. So, um, it also doesn't feel, I think it would be very weird to be stuck in a foreign country where you don't know the language and you don't have friends and things, so... Um, yeah. So I'm okay with being stuck, but I can imagine that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. Well, well, now you have an extra two friends. You got two guys right here. You got three <laughs> two guys, guys and three crowns at your disposal. Exactly. <laughs> so I got to ask, what part of Jersey? Jersey, um, Westfield, New Jersey, Union County. Um, that's where I grew up. Act. I was born in Brooklyn, and we moved there when I was four. So it's about forty-five uh, minutes okay. from New York with the train. Yeah. Cool, cool. Are you from? Yeah, Jersey? because I was. Well, I was born and raised just outside of Baltimore, and then when I was about eight, we moved to South Jersey for two years. We were in Mullica Hill in Gloucester County, which is basically just like shore traffic. Right. Everyone just driving right. through on the weekends to go to the shore. And then after like two years, we were like, okay, we got to get out of here. You know, living next door to someone with the last name Merlino in the mid 90s, it was like, yeah, maybe it's time to move kind of thing. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and we know, we know another person from, uh, from New York, don't we? I think we all have a friend in common that's from, uh, yes. from New York. The Candyman. The Candyman. Yeah, oh, man. my God. That was such a good episode. I love that. Charles from the American Charles. store. Well, you know, it's funny because I went in there because, um, you know, I you, I love Sweden, but you cannot get inst little packs of instant oatmeal. Like, they just don't have that here. <laughs> and I, Quaker Oats. It's a tragedy, right? But I live yeah. in a, um, 
a long a hotel. It's like a long term stay hotel, but I don't have uh. like a stove or anything. There's no. Oh. So I was like, mm, gotta have my oatmeal. So I went to the American store, and that's how I met Charles. And I, you know, I give him a copy of my book, and and he's my buddy. Uh. He's from Brooklyn. You know, Charles is great. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like a hot a hot water cooker. Then you got the oatmeal, and if yes. you can get a toaster, then you can do pop tarts. <laughs> so. Real American experience, right? So That's one hell of a brunch, too. if I ever heard one. Yeah. Yes, there you go. <laughs> now, so you don't have? Um, uh, do you have Swedish roots some somewhere, or it was just something that you got bit by the Swedish bug and 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 here you are? You were like, I want to go to that place with mystery and darkness and no sunlight. Exactly. <laughs> and all the sunlight that at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. I don't have any. And you know, it's funny when I took my when I take my language classes at Folk Universitetet, great school for studying Swedish, by yeah. the way. You know, you always have that first class, and everyone goes around the room, and you know, the, you know, why are you in Sweden? So it's always, oh, I got a job here. I met somebody or like I'm right. half Swedish and I was like, I fell in love with Stieg Larsson's books. And so... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Everyone turns and goes, okay. what the hell? Yeah. Somebody yeah. turns and says, hey, have you been on the tour? Did you go on the walk? The walk? <laughs> the millennial walk? Yeah. So, so no, I don't. So it's really, I don't know. I think that sometimes you just click with another country and it just feels like more like home than your own. It just, I don't know, it just happened. Yeah, and you know what's what's kind of funny too is um, I think that you, I mean, I, I can just imagine that you appreciate all of the stuff that you know. It, it's like Hema Blind when you get used to. I I saw Alcatraz every day growing up, and I never wow. went. You know, right. but you know, for other people, they're like, "Oh, we gotta go, we gotta go." And for you in in Sweden, I mean, like Fika and Dola Hestar, and I mean, mm -hmm. just everything about the culture is. Um, you know, there's probably a lot of Swedes going, wow, you know, yeah, Gamla Stan, but man, that the amount of character and everything that that's in all of these things. So you you were just absorbing the culture. Yeah, I was, it. and really enjoying it. Like I'm a big fan of fika, you know, and just the idea of like just taking a time, going a little bit slower. And and I know that for Swedes, you know, Stockholm is the big city, and they're like, no, I don't want to right. move to Stockholm. It's too busy and crazy there. But I grew up next to New York. <laughs> So for me, this is like the little town in like, Jersey compared to New York, right? Right. Yeah. It, it feels like Cape yeah. May or something. It's just, it's very yes. serene. <laughs> yeah. Really serene, yeah. you know? Um, so, and, but you know, it's really interesting though. So I definitely, when I first came here in the first few trips, I was just like kind of on the surface of things, but like in a good way, like, in a, you know, like right. really just enjoying like, Oh, look at all the like cool design and like, you mm. know, even like the toilets, the bathrooms are designed in a cool way, all these things. Right. And then I started learning. I didn't even know who the prime minister was. I didn't know anything. I was just totally, I saw the <laughs> Sweden. I saw Stockholm through Stieg Larsson's eyes. I remember right. a, my friend, a friend of mine had to get an operation and they said, oh, she's going to St. Gordon's Hospital. I was like, oh, that's where Stieg Larsson died. Do you know what I mean? Like I saw everything in terms of Stieg Larsson <laughs> and all that Right. But that could only take you so long. And so then, so I came 2013. And then as we know, the refugee crisis started 2015. Yeah. And 
It's interesting. That did not make me like, oh no, my fantasy world is shot. It actually made it go deeper somehow. So that's when I started going deeper, I think. And also, you know, seeing that it's not this perfect society, not all Swedes are not happy, but it still suits me better. And it was just very interesting to watch how Sweden handled that crisis. And, um, so, and also learning Swedish helped a lot too, to start to go a sure. little bit deeper into the, the deeper. society, but I still, I mean, I don't have the same kind of rose colored glasses or Steve Larson colored glasses I had, but glasses. Yeah. I still love it. Now, did he, uh, did he like princess Torta too? Have you <laughs> figured out if that's, but that's an interesting point. Cause you know, um, one of the things that definitely happened during my first and second trips was that, you know, one of the things I did, which was super nerdy, was I went through the, all the Millennium books and also the books about him, and I made a list of all the cafes that he liked, and I went to them, and I would sit there and be like, oh, Steve Larson used to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, so nerdy. I told you. I warned you. Um, but then what started happening was things started, I started, you know, having my own things that had nothing to do with Stieg Larsson. Like a friend of mine in New York said, oh, I have a friend, Annika in Sweden, Stockholm, you should look her up. And I did. And we got along right mm -hmm. away. And so we went for Fika. And she's like, have you ever tried Princess Torta? I was like, no. So that was the first time. And I was like, oh, this is the best cake ever. <laughs> um, were you, were you, <laughs> right. I, saw, yeah. I had some yesterday. I went to Vetikat. I mean, it's the best. But then also like walking around on my own, and Gamlestan. Stieg Larsson doesn't talk a lot about Gamlestan. So I started when oh, another thing, um, I really like jazz a lot. And there is a little park. Ooh, it's called Monica okay. Zetterlin's Park. Have you been? It's so true yeah. that you sit down on this bench and her mm. music starts playing. Do you know what I mean? So none of that's in Stieg Larsson. It's so it's great. Um, none of that's in Stieg Larsson's books. And so I started finding out things for myself just from right, running, going around. So I think that started happening which was so much fun yes yeah. not in his book it's waiting to be in your book right mm. and in fact it is in my book and the grand man i have to <laughs> <laughs> everything oh everything i just talked about i've got princess torta vetta so yeah, yeah i put all of that in amazing now what um what would be your I used to, to ask uh, people's favorites, what is your favorite Swedish food? Now I'm thinking you can't say princess torta, but, but right. what would, uh, what would your favorite Swedish food be? I love salmon. I could eat salmon um, every day and I almost okay. do or lox as it's called here in yeah. Sweden. Yeah. I just, I just love it. And if I can, even more than the food, you know, the whole Doggins lunch thing where oh. it's so inexpensive compared to America where you just get this like, I like fish a lot. It's a really nice piece of cooked fish. You get salad, right. you get coffee, and you maybe get a little sweet for like 10 bucks, 12 bucks. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, un it's unbelievable that you can get yeah. that kind of quality. So. Yeah. And who, who's man's cost? I mean, being able cost, to go, right. and, you know, and being able to go and you, you pretty much know that wherever you are in Sweden that, you know, on Thursday, they're going to be serving this, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't know if that's, is that the Atsopa and Ragmunk? Right, right. You know, it's like the, the different dishes. Yeah, and then Ikea, guess, you know, Ikea, they brought yeah. Swedish meatballs around the world. <laughs> there you, know? you go. Um, I'm actually a, 
I guess pescatarian. I, I don't eat meat, but I eat fish, but that's okay because yeah. there's a lot of fish. And then we have to talk about Calais caviar. Um, food in a tube. Exactly. Um, food in, in a tube. I don't know if they've, um, I mean, you should just Google Calais. It's just. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the things that uh, and I I mentioned this to to Sean growing up is because I'm half Swedish, half Hawaiian, you know, so I grew up in the San Francisco (laughs) Bay Area um, and I grew up. uh, My mother raised me in basically a Swedish household. So, yes, when my friends came over and they would go through the fridge and they're like, what's this? It's a big toothpaste tube. And I'm like, no, that's that's caviar. And they're like, well, hold on. Yeah. Caviar. Right. Yeah. It's not well, like Ocetra yeah. caviar coming out of that thing. Like, oh, man, sweet's supposed to be rich. Look at the size of this tube. Exactly. Caviar is going to come out of here. Exactly. And then hey, it's like caviar. this weird brown paste that <laughs> smells like fish sauce. And you're like, that, what that, is going on? No, you put orange. it on eggs, man. It's amazing. Like, what? <laughs> it's a dip, right? Yeah. Or a yeah. hard bread. Yay. So, but that's um, what I was going to say. Can you try and convince people about Kelly's caviar, you know, and you finally get them over that and they're like, hey, you got a piece of bread? And, you know, I bust out with like a Vasa, <laughs> a cracker, you know, this a Vasa wheel. Man, this is bread. Like, it's what? Like, it's like, hey, you guys want to go eat at Rodney's place? There, People are like, no, I don't think so. Uh... <laughs> No, but it was yes. uh, Catalyst Caviar is uh, is, is the, definitely the, the bomb. And I would be very, very negligent if I did not mention Swedish coffee. I mean, the coffee here is good. I'm sorry, America, but I like Swedish coffee better. <laughs> it's just better. It's stronger. Oh, I remember the first time I went, my friend Annika, again, she made coffee and it was like this black i mean i never and and i was like oh my god can i have milk and sugar she's like milk she's like sugar she had to go like go into the back of her cabinet and then i went to someone else's house when i was doing research i went to this jazz musician's house it was the same thing i mean i never knew coffee could be like that black but i I got used to it and i like it a lot you can almost stand a stand a spoon up in it (laughs) yeah but that was when when i when i moved to uh to sweden way back when 15 years ago now um i mean i didn't i didn't drink that much coffee you know i had coffee like americans in the morning or you know did that thing but uh, i was also a cream and and sugar guy and we Mm -hmm. moved in with my wife's uh parents and I remember that uh, that they had to go. I think they went and bought sugar, or we went and bought mm-hmm. sugar, just because they weren't. You know, they were like sugar cubes. Yeah, did we had no, we had sugar cubes around here someplace, but <laughs> and that was like my little box at the time. But, uh, but now I'm weaned off of the sugar, and uh, you know, I'm down to like fifty cups of coffee a day. Me too. Me too. No more sugar. Just bring on the coffee. So, but I have to say, I, I one thing that's different for me in Swedes is like, so now it's five after five. I have a very strict cut off. Like I could just drink coffee all night. But unlike yeah. Swedes who seem to be able to sleep after they've drank coffee yeah. after five, I can't. So that's. Yeah. Mine's 3 p.m. Yeah, mine, is like, mine is like, yeah, yeah 1500, 1500. That's it. That's it for, for, for Rodney. Then I'm going green tea. Right. <laughs> That's another now, good question that yeah. you bring up. How are you on the time thing? I mean, you've been over here a bunch of times, Ooh, but are you getting used to the right. 24-hour kind of system? Well, you know, one time I missed a plane because of that. I was in Svalbard. In <laughs> so embarrassing. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. I go to get my yeah. plane at like 2.25 in the afternoon. They're like, your plane left this morning. I'm like, what? And they were like, what? It was 2.25 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> 
So oh, I have an embarrassing. No. Um, so they were yeah, like... I'm getting used to it. But the worst. Okay, if we're going to talk about time, I think you know the light thing. So I was okay with the dark. I was okay with like December when you know you leave the house, it's dark. You come back, it you know it's just dark. But what was hard for me was the light. The first time I was here in June, I remember like, you know, the birds, the sun comes up at 3.30 in the morning. The birds start singing at 2.30. So you, I was just like, oh my God, what is that noise? It's So I had to learn to have like earplugs and <laughs> eye mask and it was hard. And then as we know, the light goes on to like 10, 10.30, 11 at night. And it doesn't even get that dark. That was harder <laughs> than me for the dark. It was like, oh yeah. my God. But now I've adjusted to that. That was probably the biggest adjustment in terms of like dark in the seasons and the weather. Yeah, because that you know, like we know that the the flip side of that coin, you know, is like oh there comes the sun. Oh there goes the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. the 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 winter time. But yeah, well, that's that, the thing. That, Thank God yeah. quarantine isn't happening in the middle of summer because then it'll be like oh one more Netflix episode. Just it's still right. light outside. Just do one more. You know. Right. 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 <laughs> Now, what what is a favorite out of, uh, out of all your walking around Stockholm and you know experiencing different places? What would your do you have a favorite landmark or a favorite place that you like to go back? It, I mean, Monica Zetterlund's bench, but I'm thinking, <laughs> what's another spot that you really enjoy? Well, I mentioned Gamlestam, and I have to mention that again. I mean, yeah. it's 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 just unbelievable, you know. I'm, your listeners that are in Sweden know about it, but like I said, it's just this little island with all these like gorgeous, gorgeous little medieval buildings and these beautiful colors and the cobblestone streets and lots of interesting stores and great cafes. And I will put a plug in that, you know, at this point they're really hurting there because yeah, as everyone who lives in Stockholm knows, like past a certain point of year, like you just don't go to Gamlestan because there's so many tourists, but now there's no tourists. Right. So there's a lot yeah. of sales. Unfortunately, there's a lot of businesses that have closed, at least for the time being. So if you, according to the recommendations, if you're feeling well, if you're not in the risk group and you go out and keep your distance, then, you know, definitely that Gamblestan is, I mean, this is a great time of year and there's nobody there now. The yeah. weather's great. There's still cafes open. So that's my favorite place. Yeah. And especially with all the, all the souvenir shops. I mean, you got you know yeah. shops that make their their living on 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 selling souvenirs that there is nobody to sell souvenirs to, you know. It's, right, um, people in Stockholm don't buy those, so yeah, so that's the thing. But there are things like um, there's stores with like really beautiful sweaters and stuff, and they have a lot of good sales. So right. go on down to Gamlestan if you're feeling healthy. Yeah. That's my recommendation. Now, Florence, if now your books uh, are available online. And we yeah. are, you're going to go ahead and get some information to us so we can put that out there. I have started reading a book and I can't wait to get back to the book. And uh, it does, it does talk about, uh, about Fika and it does talk about uh, SF, uh, the the classes and things. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, we will have to see when the, when the next book, you'll have to give us a, a heads up ahead of time so that we can go ahead and do that. And then maybe all of us will meet at Charles one day. I yeah. would love that. That would be so much fun. We can eat Twinkies and Ho-Hos and, you know, <laughs> do a book club over Twinkies at Charles's place. Right. Right. We go. We'll pick up. Oh, yeah. We'll pick up oatmeal on the way out. 
But uh, thank, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and we will be in touch and we will put up some links so that people can go in and learn more and, uh, and get some books. Thank you. That's really kind of you. I appreciate it. It was really great talking to you guys and I love your podcast. It's great. Thank you so much. Take care. And we are glad that you're stuck here in Sweden with us. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. That's it for this week, everybody. Special thanks to Florence for stopping by. You can check out her latest book, The Woman Who Went Overboard, a Scandinavian thriller. Wherever you get your books, you can get it at Amazon, Ad Libris, or The Book Depository, wherever you go to get your books. Ooh, I think we can get used to this new music, too. Take it easy out there, wash your hands, and then we'll catch you right back here next time for more Two Guys, Three Crowns. Three Crowns.